VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, socialism has fast been moving through our society. With that being said, new polling from Fox News asked which of two messages voters would send to the federal government. The two messages were, lend me a hand or leave me alone. Well, a majority of 52% would ask Washington to lend them a hand, and that's up from 44% in 2021. 69% of Democrats and 38% of Republicans said, lend me a hand. 60%, that's up from 44% in 2021. Well, 69% of Democrats and 38% of Republicans said, lend me a hand. And uh, we find also that uh, Republicans and Democrats alike uh, on uh, different proportions, 26 of Democrats just said, government, leave me alone. Among independents, uh, we find that the viewers' views were divided, 48% saying, lend me a hand, versus 44% that prefer, leave me alone. Meanwhile, more than half think that the country is becoming more socialist. Six in ten say that such a move would be a bad thing, but a 54 to 38 percent margin voters say the U.S. is currently moving away from capitalism and toward socialism. Among Democrats, 53 percent think a move toward socialism would be good. There was a poll conducted uh, that was October 9th through the 12th under the joint direction of the Beacon Research and Shaw uh, and uh, Shaw and Company Research. Uh, Some 1,206 people interviewed, registered voters nationwide, and uh, random sampling, uh, plus or minus 2.5% error rate. Well, last fall, there was a video that went viral of students at a prestigious university in which college students saw socialism as a good thing, that they would uh, abolish private property rights. However, some indicated they didn't want their own property rights taken away, but private property should be abolished. We know what's happening through our education system as well, that whether it's socialism, critical race theory, or gender issues, there's a brainwashing that's going on, a deconstruction, a battle for the minds of students. Joining us today, we welcome back William J. Federer. Bill is a nationally known speaker, historian, author, president of Amerisearch Incorporated, uh, the speaker on the American Minute Daily Broadcast. He's authored numerous books, including America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations, Who is the King in America, and... Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present. It has the subtitle, How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. Bill, good to have you in studio today. Jim, great to be with you. Well, this plan to advance socialism and to engage in the battle for the minds of students, this is really not a new concept, is it? Well, it's not. Hitler did it, Stalin did it, Lenin did it, and even Plato, 380 B.C., He talked about how democracy was doomed to fail because it was based on the people having virtue. And uh, after a period of time, if you give them a choice of giving up their life or giving up their virtue, they'll give up the virtue to save their life. Anyway, he said that eventually this democracy will crater and the people will want some body to come along and fix it. And so along comes some governor that says, I can fix it. I just need some emergency powers. And then he says, how's this person going to stay in power? He's going to... Uh, take the children away from the parents. It says, when the true philosopher kings are born in a state, they will set in order their own city. They will take possession of the children who will be unaffected by the habits of their parents. These they will bring into the city and indoctrinate them with, with noble lies. He called them lies. We want one single grand lie, which will be believed by everybody. Um, but here you have the first example, 380 B.C., uh, for a tyrant to stay in power, he has to take the kids away from the parents, bring them into the public schools, and teach them lives that help him stay in power. Wow. And aren't we seeing that unfold today as mm-hmm. well? So, friends, what we see take place, the many issues we talk about on Crosstalk, not something new. It may have a new wrapper put around it here today, but it is the same old uh, game plan in mind, uh, that falling under socialism. Uh, Bill, I know that you've done a uh, uh, some chapters in your book on socialism, uh, socialism on this very issue, and there was a very telling quote from a socialist author, Antonio Gramsci, on, on this issue. What did he have to say? Right. So for those not familiar, uh, Gramsci was the uh, socialist that said you can't institute it with tanks. Uh, you have to take a long route by going through the institutions. You basically have to rot the West from within. 
And so he got on the wrong side of the socialist um, leadership and they put him in prison where he dies in Italy. And but he wrote his prison notebooks and in his prison notebooks, he talked about that you um, uh, that uh, socialism is precisely the religion which must be used to uh, eradicate Christianity, that uh, you have to um, rot it from within, basically. And um, I have uh, one of my um, the the book on socialism I have numerous quotes from him. Mm-hmm. But let me see if I can pull up the the one here um, where he says in the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of the schools, universities, churches and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. He says that um, that Western civilization is basically, I'm summarizing, is based on the concept of the individual, that you have an individual worth because you're made in the image of God, and this God says there's no respect of persons in judgment, so all of us individuals are equal. He wants to get rid of that. Uh, he wants you to identify with a group, and he says, how do you do that? He says that you have to rot the West from within by infiltrating these institutions. A lot of people are familiar with what's been called the seven pillars, uh, you know, where there's the arts and media and and business and how uh, these had been in the hands of Christians for generations. But Antonio Gramsci was the one who basically came up with infiltrating them, co-opting them successfully. And now we're trying to reclaim them. But um, uh so when we talk about infiltration, that's happened in Hollywood, that's happened with Disney, that's happened with our educational system, and it is pretty much they've they've won, yeah. <laughs> and and we're just waking up now trying to to claim it, uh, and I, I think we still have a chance, but it's close. Uh, Bill, I know that uh, you even used an illustration of computer terminology about hardware and software as it applies to children. Uh, Tell us about that. Yeah, so you're a spirit, mind, and body. Your mind is like a super fancy computer. It's more than that, but it's at least that. And your body's like the computer case, which makes it silly for people to argue over what color the computer case is. Imagine if I were to say red computers are better than green computers. It's like, uh, it really doesn't matter what color the computer is. What matters is what software is running on it. What are the apps on your iPhone? It doesn't matter what color your iPhone is. It can be all kinds of pretty colors on the outside, but what apps are on it? What... So it doesn't matter what color somebody's skin is, is what behavioral software is running on their brain. Is it cancel your enemies, get them to lose their job? You want to make them pay for some sin that some ancestor did? Or is it love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, bless them that curse you, right? And and the battle is who gets to load the software on the next generation's brains. God chose Abraham because he knew he would teach his children after him. We've been negligent, and the other side has targeted these kids, and they want to Go after it. They, they get they're right now. They're plugging the the flash drive into these little kids' brains. Indeed, and the socialism is really the antithesis of biblical Christianity. In in all of this, you actually refer to it as being a software virus. Yeah, it, it, and it appeals to the flesh. Uh, for those not familiar, socialism is counterfeit Christianity, and the differences between the word voluntary and involuntary. So the early believers voluntarily sold their property, laid at the feet of the church to redistribute. They didn't have the government take away their property and laid at the feet of Pilate for the Roman government to redistribute. When the church helps people, it's called disinterested benevolence. You're helping them for no other reason than that you want them to get better, and you're doing it as unto God. When the government helps people, it's always in exchange for control over their life. You're in Egypt. You need food. The government gives you food, but it's in exchange for your cattle, your land, your so forth. So uh, I tell people, imagine if older fish could tell younger fish to uh, stay away from shiny things dangling in the water, mm. but they can't. So every new generation of younger fish sees that shiny hook and they're attracted. Socialism is a shiny thing dangling in the water. Free wow. food, free clothes, free education, free welfare. Free is attractive, but there's a hook there. You give up control of your life. Yeah, it's a very devastating hook. Uh, you have some stunning quotes in in uh, your chapters here as well. You have one from Karl Marx, and here's what you say. Uh, the, the quote is from Karl Marx, the education of all children from the moment that they can get along without a mother's care shall be in state institutions at state expense. Comment on that. Yeah. So they know that they have to break the bond between the parent and the family. Uh, they well, bring them in. They uh, and, and it's pretty easy because 
two things. Kids want to have the approval of their teacher, and they want the approval of the friends. And this is how kids will uh, basically adopt behavior uh, of their parents and their family because they model the behavior, and then they get positive reinforcement if they model it correctly. And we've had a century of people studying child psychology, child learning, and they realize that, hey, if you can manipulate the perception of what this kid feels like everybody else is believing, they'll they'll imprint themselves, so to speak, with this behavior. I tell people it's, it's as easy as this. First day of class, teacher says, who believes it's nor- normal to have a mommy and a daddy? And little Johnny naively raises his hand. And the teacher says, you're a terrible kid. You're a, you're a homophobe. You're the worst kid in the whole wide world. You're hateful. You're divisive. You're just the worst kid. And then she pauses and says, does anybody else believe what little Johnny does? Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, uh, uh, I don't want you to <laughs> target me. That's what they do. They bring the kids in, and now they have a rainbow of colors. And the teacher says, which sex are you? Which gender are you? Oh, look at all these pretty little colors. And, and of course, the one on the end where you're just believing that there's a boy and a girl, they're like the backwards, the, the, the homophobe and, and the straight kid. And the teacher gives positive approval to these kids if they choose one of these uh, varied genders. That, that's how you have a 500% increase in transgendered identifying students in Maryland. That's how you have a 900% increase in transgendered identifying students in D.C. suburbs. Just within two, in the last two years, since Biden's gotten in, we've seen a 900% increase in students identifying as transgendered. Is there some phenomenon that is happening to these kids? It's the teachers giving positive reinforcement. Um, I was at a church in uh, Pacific, Missouri. The assistant pastor had a son in the government preschool and three-year-old son. And uh, the son comes home one day and says, I'm a girl. And he says, "Uh, who told you you were a girl? Your brothers? No. Your friends? No. Your mother? No. Your teacher? Yes. Three years old, Hmm. a public school teacher gets into the little boy's face and says, you're a girl. You're a girl. Kids want approval of their teacher and their approval of their friends. And so they they let it be the in thing where everybody, hey, I pick a different gender. This is really fun. Let's, You know, Bill, this is so alarming because all these preschool pro- programs are promoting homosexuality. They are promoting this transgenderism. Just yesterday, WND.com published a story on elementary school teachers getting trained on introducing five-year-olds to sex changes. I also saw a shocking story of these little girl baby dolls with male anatomy that have been attached to these dolls in order to brainwash children at the earliest ages possible. You know, these stories are so shocking. And then I see these people saying, well, I can't get involved. You know, that with the church and state, I'm not going to get involved. And, And I keep coming back to Numbers chapter 30. It's the silence equals consent chapter. There's a half dozen scenarios where one is if a Daughter's in her father's house and binds herself with a vow. In the day the father hears that if he's silent, the vow stands. But if he disallows it, she's released from the vow. That's come down to us as vows in a wedding ceremony. Let's come back to Numbers chapter 30 right after the break. Bill Federer is with us today, uh, author of numerous books, including one we're discussing just a brief little uh, portion of the book here today, Socialism, Real History from Plato to the Present, How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, is there any evidence that man and dinosaurs lived together? Yes, indeed, there is, Chris. The Bible even describes dinosaur-like beasts in the book of Job, and Job lived after the flood. Also, we see numerous places where native peoples drew pictures of dinosaur-like beasts. Almost every nation around the world has legends of dragons, huge reptilian beasts that sound very much like our modern-day reconstructions of dinosaurs. Recently, some very interesting burial stones have been excavated from tombs in South America, which clearly show dinosaurs and humans together. These stones date from long before dinosaurs were reconstructed from their fossils. As far as we know, no dinosaurs are alive today, but we have good evidence that dinosaur-like beasts existed along with humans in the not-too-distant past. It all started... Back in Genesis. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. William J. Fitterer is our guest today here on the broadcast. Our topic, socialism, deconstructionism, and the battle for the minds of students. These are just a brief element of uh, chapters in his book on socialism. So many of you have already obtained the book. If you haven't, friends, this one is just uh, stellar as far as its presentation and exposing uh, really, the history of, of socialism all the way back to its or, uh, origins, but but uh, certainly the impact that we see taking place in our society today, it is not by accident. This has been planned. This has been all pre-thought out, and we're looking at some of these quotes that have come from uh, the likes of Karl Marx and, and Lenin and so forth. Uh, if you'd like to obtain a copy of this book, we'd like to get it into your hands. We're making it available. Our way of saying thank you for your support of $18 or more, uh, simply uh, go online at vcyamerica.org, vcyamerica.org, or call 1-800-729-9829. Uh, there's uh, a, t- a ton of chapters in this book, and by a ton of chapters, uh, it is uh, 100 and. Uh, uh, 20 or so chapters that are in this book, and uh, we're just highlighting a couple of these issues today. And uh, again, the number 800-729-9829. Bill, as we uh, were <laughs> talking here and that break came upon us, we were in Numbers chapter 30, and just beginning to expound uh, what we find there in is uh, has such a a great application for us here today. Right. So people are saying, oh, we don't want to get involved in the government and then politics. And some of them even say, well, you know, it's supposed to get evil before Jesus returns. And so I just hope it gets evil really fast. That just means it's coming out quicker. It's like, you know, maybe your response to the evil is is a re- more of an exposing of what the condition of your heart. C- can you just sit quiet and allow them? So silence equals consent. It's Numbers chapter 30. Uh, if a daughter's in the father's house, binds herself with a vow, and the day the father hears it, if he's silent, her vows stand. If he disallows it, she's released from the vow. That's come down to us as vows in a wedding ceremony. And the pastor says, if you're silent, you're giving consent to these vows. You know, speak now or forever, hold your peace. It's called the rule of tacit admission, T-A-C-I-T, in a court of law, Blackstone's Law Commentary, uh, that if a uh, admission reasonably inferable from a party's failure to act or speak, and so if your silence is giving consent to wedding, your silence is giving consent to other things. And if you give consent to sin, you're guilty of the sin. You'll be judged as if you committed the sin. And so there's different verses, right? In the, uh, oh, that, isn't that the whole concept of the watchman? Yeah, yes, the the yes. watchman who was to alert when danger was coming. And if he failed to give that alarm, uh, you know, he was held accountable. It, that's exactly it. And some of these verses are pretty clear. Numbers, uh, Leviticus 19, confront people directly. So you will not be held guilty for their sin. Uh, another one is um, in uh, Esther. Mordecai tells Esther, "For if you remain silent at this time, deliverance will come for the Jews from another place, but you and your family will, will perish. Uh, Leviticus 20 says, any Israelite who sacrifices his child to Moloch should be put to death. If members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Moloch, I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from their people. Mm. Here's God saying, if you see somebody killing a baby and you close your eyes and act like you didn't see it, he's going to hold you accountable. He's going to cut you off. And so today we have a lot of people closing their eyes with abortion. Um, uh, There's a verse, Proverbs 20, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Little kids didn't do anything wrong. Uh, And now in California, you can kill a baby 28 days after birth. And it says, don't stand back. And let them die. Don't try to disclaim responsibility Responsibility by saying you didn't know about it. For the Lord, who knows all hearts, knows yours. He knows you knew. He will hold you accountable. And now we see with the sex. So their tactic is to guilt trip Christians into being more Christian than Christ. You say, say that again? Right. They, they're telling you, if you're really Christian, you'll be tolerant. You'll be silent as they teach this LGBT agenda, transgender, 72 sexes. You can feel like a different one every day. And, and then you can have permanent body mutilating operations where the hospitals can make lots of money off this. And then the, the kids are hooked on uh, pharmaceutical drugs the rest of their life with hormones. And, and uh, then, you know, the, the different guys that transitioned didn't don't realize they have to wear diapers afterwards. And, and, but the question is, if they're saying, if you're really a Christian, you'll tolerate this question. Would Jesus teach that? We have it really clear that Jesus said, 
he who made them in the beginning made them male and female. So you're telling me if I'm really Christian, I'll let them teach something Jesus would never teach. So if I'm really Christian, I won't act like Christ. Yet Jesus said, if you cause one of these little ones that believes in me to stumble and sin, it would be better for him that a large millstone were hung around his neck and be thrown in the depths of the sea. So I think it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of people who think they're being spiritual by not getting involved. When they finally wake up and realize by their silence, they're giving consent to sin. They're inviting the judgment of God upon their heads by being silent. Bill Federer with us here today on Crosstalk and uh, dealing with this issue of deconstructionism and the battle for the minds of students. Uh, Bill, you've got another quote in your book from Lenin in which he said, give me four years to teach the children and uh, then see, I have uh, the seed I have sown will never be uprooted. Now, I'm going to have you comment on that because we are seeing the plethora of uh, Disney. You referred to them, uh, the PBS programs, things like Arthur, Sesame Street, even Peppa Pig, indoctrinating young people in this whole LGBT mentality. But that goes back to London. Give me four years to teach your children. Yeah, and even Proverbs says, train up a child the way they should go. When they're old, they're not, they'll not depart from it. They'll go back to that original software training. Uh, I was going through the airport, and I saw the, uh, uh, the what's that one gentleman that testified to keep the PBS on? Uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, right. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, it is like here we're having taxpayer-funded PBS stuff, but now they're pushing these different programs that are now wanting to obscure the lines regarding sex. So Lennon knew this. I mean, and that's what he pushed. He wanted to capture the minds of these young children. Yeah. uh, Another quote from Stalin, he says, education is a weapon whose effect depends on who holds it in his hand and to whom it is aimed. And uh, and then I I love the quote from James Dobson, and he talks about uh, stem cells. Uh, that was sort of one of the issues years ago. Mm-hmm. and um, But uh, uh, you can have embryonic stem cells, which is taking a fertilized human egg and bathing it with hormones. But they have just regular stem cells where they take a uh, an undifferentiated cell. So it's brand new in the, in the fraction of a second moment when it's created. If you can bathe it with dis- different hormones. You can activate different parts of the DNA, and you can turn this cell into a muscle cell or a skin cell or an eye cell or something like that. And so James Dobson says, if they get control of the children, they can change the whole culture in one generation. He says, a stem cell is a cell in the human being that is in very early stages of development. It is undifferentiated. In other words, it's not yet other kinds of tissue, but it can go in any direction depending on the environment that it's in. Do you understand that the children are the stem cells of the culture. Hmm. They want to take these kids that are undifferentiated and they want to bathe them with hormones and turn them into whatever they want them to be, not what the parents want them to be. Yeah. And and that's another point here because we've got groups like the NEA that are just digging their heels in on, on issues just like this. And parents are, are starting to push back you know, some of the school board meetings. And yet it is the parents that are being branded as extremists. Uh, the FBI has conducted raids on some of the homes of those who have been giving a, a, a pushback or standing up for moral values. Uh, Bill, this is this is purposeful, isn't it? I mean, to, that, that there's really an anti-parent agenda that we've got to have this clash between children and their parents? Yeah, you know, lust is never appeased by yielding to it. It always wants more. Hmm. And this is a, a lust-driven agenda. They are never appeased by yielding them to them. They want your kids. They want you to be happy giving them your kids. They want to call you hateful if you're not happy giving them your kids. They want to be able to change your kids' sex. They want to be able to do permanent mutilations on these kids' bodies. Hmm. Uh, And now in California, they want to be able to kill a kid 28 days after birth. What's next? Um, Harvesting their body parts. Uh, There's a big industry in that. Uh, What's after that? Um, Maybe uh, these Satanist groups, who knows what they do with a little baby. We get California wanting to be the surrogate parents. If if a teenager wants to have this body mutilating surgery and parents have said no, all you have to do is flee to California. They have just drafted legislation and approved it and signed into law that we will be that safe haven. We will be the sanctuary state for that to take place. And you read some of these fringe groups and they talk about cannibalism. And it's like 
ladies and gentlemen, uh, there is no lust is never appeased by yielding it to it to it. And this agenda will never be appeased by yielding to it mm-hmm. if, if you don't take us. And so I see hope in that I see churches realizing that uh, they drive by a school every day. And they see Jesus saying, if you allow one of these little ones that believes me to stumble better out of the millstone. So more and more churches are saying, look, let's just run somebody for school board. Um, most school board races are won by very few votes. There's usually more people in church that are than, than vote at a school board race. So if you can just pick one mama bear, <laughs> one mother that's got backbone, and, um, and then say, look, let's get a half dozen churches to agree on this. You can win every school board race. You know, in, in Colorado, they just flipped 69 school boards. Wow. Um, Miami-Dade County is now a majority conservative school board. Jacksonville, Florida is now a majority conservative school board. And these are groups that are not coordinating with each other. This is spontaneous, and I believe it's a move of the Holy Spirit, that people are saying, look, um, it's one thing saying, oh, I want to be spiritual. I'm not getting involved. And it's like, look, brother or sister, by your silence, you're giving consent to this, and you're going to have to face Jesus? Right. You're giving consent to sin. You know, um, Aaron did not get to go into the promised land because he was silent. And you read the the chapter numbers 20. God calls Moses and Aaron to the door of the tabernacle. God tells Moses, take the rod, speak to the rock. Water will come out. Moses takes the rod and hits the rock Hmm. and water comes out. But then God calls him aside and says, Aaron's not going to go into the promised land because both of you rebelled against me at the waters of Meribah. And you're like, I just read the chapter. Uh, Aaron didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. It's like, yeah, that's just it. Yeah. When Moses hit the rock the first time, that was Moses disobeying. When Moses lifted up that rod the second time, Aaron knew what's coming. And Aaron was silent. And he hit the rock. And God said, look, Aaron, you heard me tell Moses to speak to the rock. And I was going to do the miracle. And you saw him hit it. You didn't protest. You didn't say there's no record of you even... And therefore, you do not get to yeah. go into the promised land. You know, it's very interesting because uh, Vic Eliason, who is now with the Lord, used to have that statement, if you don't raise an objection, you have none. And uh, that silence equals consent in that regard. Bill, we're going to move on to another chapter. We're just going to get to introduce it here. But you've got a chapter on deconstructionism. What is that? Right. So it's a sales technique, drive neutral reverse. Um, the concept is uh, you say negative things about a country's founding until people get uh, uh, repulsed by it. Then they get into a neutral where they don't remember what the past was, and then you can brainwash them into whatever future you have planned for them. And so if I was a toothpaste salesman, the first thing I do is tell you negative things about the toothpaste you're currently brushing with. You're still brushing with that stuff? Haven't you read the article that it'll eat the enamel off your teeth? Ooh, you're repulsed by it. Now I have you in a neutral. You're open-minded. What are all the toothpaste out there? Then I can give you my pitch for this brand new tartar control breath freshener toothpaste. So that's what they do. They go into the classrooms and they tell the kids the founding fathers were terrible people. They took land from Indians. They sold people into slavery. They were chauvinists. Forget the fact that they gave you a form of government where you get to be in charge of your life and all of us are in charge of the country. But then they get the kids into this neutral and then they brainwash. They give them a pitch for socialism or LGBT or Sharia Islam or rainbows of voice variations of sex. But it all starts with them doing this deconstruction. More on deconstruction after the break. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. If you're like most individuals, you look forward to your vacation. Many will take great effort to consider a destination the family will enjoy, what to do, where to stay, and what highways to take to get there. Sadly, most people spend more time planning their one-week vacation than they do preparing for eternity. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. None of us has the promise of tomorrow, and our eternal destiny is sealed at death. Wouldn't it be wise to investigate these things? That's the purpose of the book, Preparing for Eternity. In this book, author Mike Gendron contrasts the truth of God's Word with the teachings and traditions he was taught for over 30 years in the Roman Catholic Church. He found that eternal life is not merited by good works, but is given freely by God's grace to those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their all-sufficient Savior. The book, Preparing for Eternity, is available for a donation of $17 or more to VCY America by calling 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829. 
Friends, there's a lot of jewels in this book here called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. And uh, you read it and, and, and uh, what has been laid down many, 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 many years ago, centuries ago, folks, we're seeing unfold before us. It's part of the playbook that we see unfolding before us today. Just a reminder, we do have the book available through Crosstalk. Again, our way of saying thank you for your support of $18 or more. It's available at vcyamerica.org vcyamerica.org, or by calling 1-800-729-9829. Again, the book called Socialism. Uh, Bill, we're talking on this concept of deconstruction, and uh, we're seeing it uh, just ever before us uh, here today. Uh, you describe what this this drive-neutral-reverse, and we're seeing that unfold for us. I mean, is this why we're tearing down monuments across our nation? Is this why we are, are giving way to uh, CRT and so so? forth in our schools as well? Yeah, and it's not just a American recent phenomenon. Uh, there was a Chinese emperor, uh, 3rd century B.C., and he uh, is the Warring States period, and he was fighting half a dozen kingdoms, and he wins. And he is being criticized by the kingdoms that he conquered for doing things differently than they had been done before, and he got tired of being criticized. So he decided to destroy all the records of how things were done before. His name was Quin Shi Huangdi, and he, like, destroyed tens of thousands of bamboo annual books. They wrote on strips of bamboo, and they would tie them together. And um, so this idea of wanting to put in a new government, you want to destroy the history of the past. Islam does it. Whenever Islam, the jihadis, the Islamists, would come into a country, they would destroy the the Greek, you know, temples. They would destroy the churches. They'd, they'd go into India. They'd destroy their, you know, Indian Hindu temples. They went into, in 832 A.D., there was a sultan in Egypt. He destroyed all the pyramid treasures, right, because he considered it pagan. Mm-hmm. The largest library in the world was in Alexandria, Egypt. And when um, Amir ibn Alas conquers Egypt, uh, they go to Khalif Umar. What should we do with these books? And he said, every book that does not agree with the Quran, destroy and every book that does agree with the Quran is redundant because we have the Quran, so destroy them all. It took, it took uh, six months to burn them all. But this idea that a conquering power comes in, destroys the previous history, and they're wanting to destroy our identity, our, our history. And, you know, one of the things, by the way, if they do get the book, uh, in the front of it, there's an email address, and they can get the book as a PDF file. Mm. And you can have the book on your computer as well. And you can do searches and copy-paste and even send it to your kids and so forth. But marketing. This is an interesting, quick little study. Um, In the 1800s, marketing was Sears catalog and listing everything about a sewing machine. But then in the early 1900s, you had magazine advertisements, and they realized that you can sell stuff with telling people nothing about a product. You just make it look like everybody's using it. And uh, the person promoting this was Edward Bernays. And uh, one of the classics is Crisco. Nobody knew what was in Crisco. They even made up a term, vegetable base, but nobody knew what was in it. Um, it put out of business the lard industry, this campaign, this ad campaign. Um, well, it's cottonseed oil. Uh, the South, they'd harvest cotton, they'd lose black seeds, and they'd mush it into this industrial oil that they would use in factories and machinery. Nobody ate that stuff, mm-hmm. but somebody had the idea of bleaching it, putting these nice containers and selling it, and, we, and we've all eaten it. Um, and now, so the idea is you buy something without knowing anything about it, But it's an ad campaign that makes it look like. So Edward Bernays said, uh, women go into a department store and think they're picking out shoes. They're not. The marketing executive picked out the shoes for them, paid the actors to put them on, paid the photographer to take the pictures, paid the magazines to print it, and the ladies buy the magazines and what? And he goes, in this way, the women are controlled in this important fashion area of their lives. And he says, you simply take marketing of shoes to marketing ideologies. So we're government from the consent of the governed. But what if you could engineer consent? And so he wrote a book called The Engineering of Consent. And um, so this idea is whoever controls the media, the input into the country, uh, controls what they think and what they purchase. But now it's what they their ideologies. And so think of these Disney movies, for example, you know, Frozen or whatever the movies are. Um, they have this machine that pushes billions of dollars of merchandise, frozen pajamas, frozen lunchboxes, frozen band-aids, frozen everything, billions of dollars worth of merchandise. And it's all based on what? Getting a little kid to want something. Now they've taken this machinery of how you can get a little kid to buy something. It's a billion dollar machine. And they say, we want to use it to get a little kid 
to change their ideologies, to change their beliefs. And these kids are more or less helpless if you put them into this machine that's targeted at behavior modification. So, um, so, Bill, and let me point out one other thing, and we'll be opening phone lines here shortly. Uh, in your chapter in Deconstruction, uh, you, you've got uh, some shocking information. You point out that when President Jimmy Carter started the Department of Education in 1979, from that time on, you know, here we have this big department to help everybody be educated, but from that time on, proficiency in math, literature, and history began to decline. Yeah, it makes it pretty clear that their goal is not academic achievement. And when you contrast us to Asian countries, when they're like just excelling in achievement, and here our kids are going to be going through half of their life just trying to find out what sex they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, where's all their productive years of being able to do stuff? Um, Hitler said um, when opponents declared, I will not come to your side, he said, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else than this new community. So Hitler knew, let's go after the kids. Wow. And they are. What can we do, Bill? Well, the first thing uh, is local, local, local. It would be to get involved in school board races. It's a doable thing. You get very small number of votes and you can flip it. And then you get behind the person that's in. Don't just let them out there and, and, and let them get targeted by the by the left. Let, let them know that, hey, be like Jeremiah, have a face like Flint. And though they say stuff to you at these meetings, we're behind you. We're behind you. We're behind you. And um, and I keep coming back to, to the Lord and this idea that, that silence equals consent. If you're silent, thinking that you're spiritual, not getting involved— you're, you're giving consent to them teaching this stuff to kids. And Jesus says, if you allow one of these little ones that believes me to stumble, better than a millstone be put around your neck. So the battle is over the future. The, the proverb says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. If you're a good person, you're going to care about what kind of country you're leaving your kids. Folks, Bill Federer with us today. Let's open some phone lines. Remember to crosstalk 800-733-9829 if you have a question on this topic today. Again, we're dealing with this matter of socialism, uh, deconstructionism, the battle for the minds of students. Uh, Our number, 800-733-9829 today for Crosstalk. And again, just a reminder, if you'd like to obtain a copy of the book Socialism, uh, it is available through Crosstalk. Uh, You'll find information at vcyamerica.org, vcyamerica.org, or by calling us at 800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. Friends, if we can't uh, see examples of what's taking place in our in in, in our society today, we're blinded. Uh, we're blinded to what is uh, taking place. But this, the groundwork has been laid many, many years ago, and it's critically important for us to see the trajectory that has been laid out, and we are actually fulfilling that which uh, you know the, the you know the, whether it be Karl Marx or Lenin or whomever. Bill, this is the groundwork that they've laid out that is really bringing about a conquering. Uh, today without firing a shot. You know, um, the communist revolution took place in 1917 in Russia. And then we began to see them infiltrating into other countries. And the ACLU was started by Roger Baldwin f- defending communists. Mm-hmm. He was a World War One draft dodger. And, uh, and so we began to see communist influence in America. So in 1918, the Communist Party Education Workers Congress wrote this. He says, we must create out of the younger generation a generation of communists. We must turn children who can be shaped like wax into real good communists. We must remove the children from the crude influence of their families. We must take them over and, to speak frankly, nationalize them. From the first days of their lives, they will be under the healthy influence of the communist children's nurseries and schools. There they will grow up to be real communists. So the the other side understands this. And what are we doing? We're like, oh, I want to watch the football game. Let the kids go to the public school. You know, I I don't want to homeschool. I'll let them do it. But when the COVID happened and parents were like seeing what their kids are being taught, uh, Rebecca Fredericks, she was a national school board person. And she uh, was at a conference actually out in Los Angeles, spoke to several Hispanic churches. And she said, guess what's the largest demographic of kids in the Los Angeles public school system are? They're Hispanic children. 
She goes, I want to tell you what your kids are being taught. She goes, I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time. It's graphic, but they're teaching your children this. And um, and so uh, several states have even passed laws saying, okay, pornography is illegal except in public schools. Mm-hmm. They give an exception wow. so they can have pornography in public schools and Ladies and gentlemen, this is our, our time and hour to, to stand up for the kids. Let's go to the phone lines. Our number 800-733-9829. Rich in Burlington, you're on the air. Thanks so much for taking uh, my call. I'm a retired high school, public high school science teacher. I just wanted to give you one of many examples to support what Bill is saying. Every presidential election at um, every time there was a presidential election, our school in the in the library would have the kids vote for who they wanted, and the teachers would vote for who they were going with. And every every election, the uh, the student percentages roughly reflected the national percentages for the presidential uh, election. But every time it was seventy five percent. 25% where the teachers by 75% favored whoever the Democratic candidate was. And so those are the teachers that are teaching our young people in the public schools of the vast majority. So uh, um, as I said, a public high school teacher for 34 years, strongly urge parents to get their kids out of the public schools. If you want to be a missionary, don't send your kids to be missionaries in public schools. Become a teacher in a public school. Ron, thank you for your call. Any comment, Bill? Excellent. Thank you, Ron, for that. And that's exactly what I tell people. You don't send your kids onto a mission field in Africa. Uh, you send adults over there. You don't put your kids into this machine, this billion-dollar machine on behavior modification. You, you can send an adult in as a teacher, or you can have an adult be elected to the school board. We've got uh, John calling in from Dallas. Uh, John, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Hey, Bill. I tell you, your history is just so, I'm just like glued to to your history. I'm 67. You know, I, I gave my life to the Lord, young Catholic at 12, but but became a born-again believer in uh, my 40s. And the one thing, the only thing I ever wanted to do was teach history and uh, I didn't get into that, but uh, your like when you mentioned Edward Bernays, that, like most everything you've ever talked about, I've known exactly what you're talking about. And so I Google Edward Bernays. That is just amazing. Your research is great, and I just can't wait to get this book. I'm going to uh, contact VCY and get multiple copies and send them to some friends. But thank you for your research and especially your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, John, for the thank, call from thank Dallas. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. We are up against a break. We'll be back to more of your calls following. Uh, Bill Fitterer is with us today. Yes, we're talking about socialism, deconstructionism, the battle for the minds of students. And we're back in a minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Now it has gone international. The sad video out of the Mid-South, where I live, of daycare workers putting on a scream horror mask and getting into the face and literally screaming in the face of little toddlers and then chasing them around the room, horrifying them from one classroom to the other. As I said, the video has gone international. I talked to the Sheriff's Department for that county and was told last Friday that daycare has been closed while they're under investigation. But what does this say about our culture? What is happening to the children of America? Apparently, if they're not being aborted, they're being encouraged to be shot up with a COVID-19 shot that has had horrible effects on people of all ages. What has happened to the fact that we don't seem to value children? Jesus talked a lot about children, that the kingdom of heaven is filled with children. What it says about our culture is we're a debased culture that doesn't respect life or the little ones.
And friends, you can obtain copies of this book, Socialism, uh, by calling 800-729-9829. We make it available our way of saying thank you for your support of $18 or more to Crosstalk or by going online, vcyamerica.org. Lines are packed here. Let's go to Tom calling in from Port Wing, Wisconsin. Tom, you're on the air with Bill Fitter. Uh, My question for Bill is, how many countries either willingly or unknowingly elected socialism as their form of government. Um, Do you have any examples? Yeah, lots of them. Um, Thank you for the call. They call it um, democratic socialism, but uh, you're basically voting in your dictator. uh, And then once they get in, they rig the system so they stay in. Oh, like Venezuela. <laughs> yes. And, and he was looking for some examples here. Yeah. Peru and Cuba and everything. And it's always a bait and switch. They always always promise heaven, deliver hell. In the book on socialism, I talk about Plato, and he's the first one that talked about everybody owning everything in common. And it sounds nice until you think it through. Somebody has to be in the government handing out the common stuff, and they will always be tempted to want to funnel a little extra to their family and friends on the side and hold back from someone they just don't like. And before you know it, it gets discretionary. And the saying is, he who holds the purse strings has the power. So every attempt at everybody owning everything equally always ends up with a deep state bureaucracy passing out favors to their friends with the most corrupt guy at the top. Let's go next to Richard in Washington. You're on the air. Thank you for taking the call, Jim. Let me refer, the United States government, as we have it, the Constitution, is totally anti-communist and anti-socialism. And what we refer to Federalist Number 45 by James Madison, and he knew the Constitution, the powers delegated by the proposed Constitution to the federal government are few and defined. Please tell me where in the Constitution foreign aid is. Yeah, it's not. Um, And and many, many many other subjects of spending and socialism that are not in the Constitution, and that's what we're living by. Yeah, and we've let them get away with it because we've been either distracted with entertainment or whatever. But, um, you know, in the Bible, God gives commands to five groups, individuals, families, business, church, and government. Individuals are commanded to take care of the poor, among other things. Family commands are mostly relational. Husbands love your wives, children submit to your parents. Business commands are do an honest day's work and don't hold back wages. The church has definitely been commanded to take care of the poor, and they did immediately feeding orphans and widows and through the centuries started hospitals and schools and took care of the immigrants. And do you know there's no command for the government to take care of the poor? The command to the government's the shortest, protect the innocent, punish the guilty. Hmm. There's no command for the government to be involved in education. There's no command for the government to be involved in health care. What's happened is the government has usurped the church's role, and we've let them. But now we're beginning to wake up and say, wait a second, Uh, once you have the government do anything, the government's run by people that want to keep their jobs. And they're always going to vote to take away power and money from those they don't like and funnel it Mm -hmm. as favors to those that are supporters. Thank you for the call. Good point, Richard. Al is next. West Union, West Virginia. You're on the air. Yeah, what what happened is this government here, so-called government, has become a corporation. It's nothing but a business. But what the reason I called was about these abortions. I guess they well, we know we're dealing dealing with Satanism because they obviously don't believe in in the Christian Bible because uh, it tells you right in there, "Thou shalt not commit murder." So, with the dealing with these abortions, as soon as you know it's conceived, it's 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 live. It's part of the of the deal. The reason they want these ages to be extended on when you can do the abortion is they're already doing the harvesting of organs, and the older they can keep them, and that the, then the more mature the organs they have. Now, if you can kill the babies at whatever age they want to, the innocent, then it's just a matter of time, you know, that you'll be able to buy a permit in this socialist society that you can kill your neighbor or kill somebody that you dislike. As long as you pay for that permit and it's approved, you know, yeah, we'll give you a license just for that one person or whoever. It's just, it's, so we need to definitely stand up and get 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 a hold of this and turn, turn this nation back into a Christian mm-hmm. nation. Thank you very much. Thank you, Al. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, the Roman Empire, uh, they had exposure of unwanted infants. And the if the mother bears the child, lays it at the father's feet. If he picked it up, 
they would keep it. But if the father didn't pick it up, the mom would have to put the baby in a basket and set it out in the woods and let it die. And that's where you get these stories of uh, a knock on the door of an old couple and they open up a baby in a basket. I mean, who leaves a baby in a basket? Mm-hmm. The Romans did. Right. And so these early Christians would collect all these babies and raise them as orphans. And the Christians have always stood up for life. And here we are facing our version of this. But we have to, whether we turn it around or not, we want to go on record with the Lord that we are standing up for life. We're standing up for what he cares about. God told Manasseh, the wicked king, you're, you're filling the streets of Jerusalem with the blood of these innocent children. It's over. But then Manasseh had a grandson, Josiah, who repented, and God put off the judgment for a generation. We're going to squeeze one last call in. Maxine calling in from Conneaut, Ohio. Hi, Maxine. You're on the air. Thank you so very much. And I thank God every day that there's a program like yours that can tell us what's happening that we never hear on other stations. The good Lord gave us in Christ's name. The idea that we can stamp our feet and say, let uh, the demonic spirits leave and go back to where they came from. And I hope that more people will do that. They, you have it in Christ's name to do that. Thank you so much. We're about out of time, Maxine, but uh, let me just mention here is First Peter 5, 8 says, To be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Bill, when we look at socialism, we really have to look at this being its very root. Right. Uh, it is a involuntary. Basically, socialism is a sales job for dictatorship. And uh, America's founders broke away from a dictator, the King George III. Mm-hmm. And... Um, But there's two ways that governments take power away from people. Fear. When people get afraid, they will trade their freedom for security. And the other is free stuff. The government does a great reset bankruptcy for the world. Everybody signs up for handouts from their government. And then the government incrementally says for you to continue to get the handout, you have to give up your freedom. Um, But uh, the good Lord in the Bible always seems to wait till things look hopeless. And then he raises up little nobodies with faith and courage Mm -hmm. to turn things around. This is just our turn. Amen. Friends, it is our turn. And we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be stewards, uh, faithful stewards before him. Bill, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. And I do encourage everyone to get this book and even get copies for their kids and, and neighbors. And friends, looking forward to having Bill back tomorrow on Crosstalk as well. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.